Let's get some insights on the news shaping the market since that was welcome in. Shana Sissel, founder and president at Boundrian Capital Management. Thank you so much for being with us. Good to see you. So, Good to see you um, as well. It felt like another crazy week, right? I mean, we got in a slew of uh, news. There's concern that even that the Fed might do 100 basis points, which now it's back to 75. But uh, your thoughts? Well, um, it's more of the same. I feel like uh, we've had these crazy weeks uh, ongoing since the beginning of the year. Uh, I think we've had some positive economic data that came out. Retail sales was better than expected. Consumer sentiment slightly improved. Still not great. Uh, so, you know, there, there's... There's a lot of mixed messages happening. I think the average person on quote unquote Main Street feels like we're in a recession, but the economic data doesn't necessarily support that. We have a strong dollar, which is disinflationary here in the US. Uh, so the Fed is in an interesting position. Uh, they're still having to pay catch up. They clearly made a policy mistake uh, by not starting the tightening cycle earlier. Uh, should have probably started it a year ago when we started to see inflation uh, tick up in a meaningful way. Uh, but I think this is just more of the same. We're going to continue to see these types of volatile markets that's really being driven by the headline news. Uh, so every time the headline changes, we'll see that change in the market sentiment. Right. Understood. Understood. So you're cautiously optimistic now going forward. So what are you telling investors at this point? Because the second half, I, I already saw some of the folks are bringing down their year-end targets. There's talk about recession into 2023. But there is opportunity at the same time, isn't there? There is. I I think that um, it is wise uh, to bring down year-end targets. A lot of folks had year-end targets that were completely unrealistic. I, I really think that anybody who had a target above 4,500 for the S&P um, uh, in general was way too optimistic. But now I think they're overcorrecting. I, I saw yesterday one analyst brought down their year-end number to about 3,800, 3,850. And I think that that might be a little too negative. And that is normal. I mean, analysts tend to overcorrect as they feel the pressure of the negative sentiment. I think we're more likely to be at a 4,100, 4,200 S&P at the end of the year. And I say that because midterm elections, which haven't been getting the news that they normally would, uh, are typically positive for markets. Markets typically bounce hard off the midterm election results. And I think that that will be particularly true if we see a shift in leadership in both uh, the House and the Senate, which is a, a, a serious pro probability. I think that will be positive for the markets. And I think that'll be a catalyst for the markets to go higher uh, in the fourth quarter to, to end the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you said the 4,500 year-end targets are probably unrealistic at this point. You do have some names that you like, and one is Occidental Petroleum, a name that Buffett and his team have taken great interest in. Tell me a little bit about why you think this is a good pick now. I think it's trading at uh, five and a half times earnings, uh, generating about $3 billion in cash flow. And of course, the fact that Berkshire Hathaway owns over 18% of the stock uh, is typically a positive um, in general, uh, Warren Buffett tends to be correct on these things. And so I think looking at the energy names, this is a name that's particularly interesting to me right now. Uh, and I, I think that where it's trading at, the amount of free cash flow that it's generating and the fact that it has such a large uh, stake owned by Berkshire Hathaway is part of the story there. 
Right, understood. And I agree with you. I, I mean, we've seen it over the many, many years as Buffett started to take stakes and things, people would jump on board uh, believing in his ideas. You also have NVIDIA and Marvell here. Tell me a little bit about those two. All right, so these are a little more controversial. Uh, NVIDIA is probably uh, the most out there of my uh, picks. Uh, NVIDIA, it does have consumer exposure. The, the gaming exposure that they have is certainly a concern, but they, they have significant growth in their data center business. Um, while it's still trading at a premium to its peers and to the market, and the stock has always traded at a premium. This is a stock that I followed for years and years and years. It's one of the first stocks I ever bought in my career back in uh, 2001. So it's a stock that I just have an innate feel for in terms of the direction. And so I, I like what they're doing. Their data center business is growing rapidly. They have a lot of exposure to AI, autonomous vehicles, all of the types of uh, emerging trends that we are seeing. They're a leader in that space. So. I like NVIDIA here, maybe not all in and look for further signs of weakness to continue to add to a position, but that's a stock I really like as a long-term holding. Marvell is a lot more insulated from consumer uh, than NVIDIA. Its exposure is almost exclusively data center and 5G. Uh, the stock is really beaten up. It's trading at the market multiple. Uh, and I think that this is, again, another opportunity to buy a good name, a good stock that has a lot of demand for its business. It's been held back by supply chain uh, issues. And so and management has really worked to address those concerns and to address the, the backlog of uh, demand that they have. But the, the company clearly has demand for its business. And again, another long-term holding uh, that I think on weakness, I'm going to be continuing to add to that position. Yeah, great to see you. I really always love having you on the show. Thank you so very much. Shana Sissel of Bonrian Capital Management. Thank you. Thank you.